Welcome back, everyone, to Tabletop, the podcast where we talk about storytelling, TTRPG, and everything gaming. Uh, we're going to talk today about the multiverse, how to run a multiverse campaign, how to include multiverse elements into a campaign, and if you're a player, how to kind of give your character that sort of multiverse flair. Uh, we're talking with Shade, who is uh, just an incredible DM and good friend of mine, so I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Okay, here we are. Hello, Shade. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, welcome to your first. Uh, this this is recorded first, but probably will be the second episode with you in it. Oh, all right. That's excellent. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> and today, uh, we're going to be talking the multiverse. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the big thing in all media as of the last few years, in particular. <laughs> I think it's interesting because, like, the multiverse as, like, a concept is sort of where all campaigns kind of have to end up, in my opinion, at least, because, like, uh, danger scale just has to get eventually big enough that it infringes upon... I don't know if you agree with this. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely do. Sorry, I, I just give me a space to speak. Um, yeah, no, I, I would w agree 100%. I mean, I think at its essence, D&D, &D, it requires the multiverse. I mean, it really, if you look at the Dungeon Master Guide, it... It does talk about how you need to have at least some bare bones stuff on a multiverse. It doesn't have to be exactly the Great Wheel or one of the various other cosmologies that they have offered throughout the history of D&D. But uh, you need to have something because there needs to be a place for celestials. There needs to be a place for demons and devils, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> and there needs to be a way to go. For them, them to fight each other. <laughs> yeah, right. For them to fight each other and for you to interact with them. And uh, you as... A player, uh, your character does need something more. Eventually, the world uh, you just kind of outgrow it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you outgrow it. You need something bigger. So you you run a lot of campaigns. You're kind of a probably out of all of us, you are the most seasoned DM. I I just campaign just sheer number of campaigns probably. I maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Always very uh, diplomatic with your answers. I, I'm very cautious. About <laughs> so, and a lot of yours, at least the way you tell it, basically hold a lot of these concepts together. So I wanted to go through um, the different ways that you kind of pull this concept into your campaigns because you have run out of the book, like I've run a Waterdeep campaign with you. Yeah. Um, you have several home brews. We, we play kind of yearly uh, a, a player versus player game yeah. that is just basically a multiverse hook. Uh, you've kind of talked about maybe bringing a 20th level multiverse campaign coming up later. Yep. Um, so what, when you approach uh, this kind of concept, what, what are you thinking when it comes to the different aspects of when, when you're playing kind of a, a boxed module or if you are making your own thing? Do you approach them differently? Yeah, I mean, it, it really does depend. Um, you know, first and foremost, there's so many ideas on what a multiverse means. Uh, in, in 5e in particular, uh, Jeremy Crawford just kind of put out there that the multiverse is all-encompassing for all uh, games. <laughs> all yeah. games. Just every game exists in a material plane together, which is an interesting idea. But, you know, maybe that doesn't work for you, and uh, you want in your campaign to, to kind of cater for what the multiverse means specifically to your players, and, right. and you don't always need to to have a lot of uh, higher things. So you, you mentioned Waterdeep. Mm -hmm. You know that's out of the book. 
That's easy. Uh, for 5e, the Great Wheel is the big cosmology there. Your characters have some interactions with other planes. Right. Uh, we have a someone who is a cultist for Asmodeus. Uh, <laughs> not to blow up his spot, but everyone knows it. Uh, just, you know. just for, for the people who don't know, there uh, is a, a actual player in our, our campaign where... Um, Several several enemy units have kind of gone missing in a sort of sacrificial way. Yep. Uh, not all the other characters know about this yet, but it is uh, kind of like this undercurrent of like, hey, are we just a demonic cult at this point? Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's getting worse. It's growing. Uh, more and more and more of the players are starting to go those paths. But, you know, initially with that, uh, because it was Dragon Heist, right. so multiverse isn't so much a theme in that... Uh, I didn't really, and, and because it's out of the box, I didn't really need to think too much about it. What I really am worried about with that campaign is, okay, what's the city like? What is that city of splendors like? How do I make sure that the interactions feel down to earth and like, uh, you know, going into a big city? What 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 do I got to do to make that happen? But I know that eventually you guys are going to get to that certain level and it's <laughs> going to be the point of, well... Maybe we should start to look a little bit beyond the Sword Coast and beyond Toral right. uh, and towards the multiverse. So I do have to think about that, but it's not my prior concern. Whereas for one of my homebrews, multiverse was at the very forefront because I wanted to do something kind of akin to Eberron, I would say, or akin maybe to the themes of... And these are very different uh, campaign <laughs> settings, but the yeah. themes of Barovia. And I wanted to have this encapsulated space that is somehow disconnected from the rest of the multiverse. And that is a central motivator for the villain mm. is, okay, I have now been removed from the multiverse. Right. I am stuck essentially in this prison. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I want to go out and I want to consume worlds. Yeah, this right. Is, you know, a Galactus type. And... Uh, so that was very much, you know, I need to think about everything cosmology there. Um, you know, but it, it really is going to depend. Maybe one day I'll play something in a cosmology that uses the world tree mm. as a, a central cosmology because that would be interesting, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think that uh, this is kind of brings up an interesting point where I think a lot of DMs, uh, either suffer from one of two kind of mindsets. One is that they kind of over prepare and they write like a hundred thousand yeah, pages. <laughs> and, and so when it comes to a multiverse, I think that the first thing that I would kind of consider when I'm, I'm starting to run a campaign is, is this, what is the scale of it? Like yeah. with water deep, like you said, we're very focused on the city. Yeah. We're talking about that. The other planes are still available to us, but in a very sort of like, uh, um, small scale way yeah uh, your your characters cannot go to those other planes yeah. <laughs> like that's that's or would they want to <laughs> yeah exactly it's outside. there's a couple maybe but you know that's really outside the realm of your possibility at this time um yeah thinking about the scale is so important and you know uh and again if if one reads the the dungeon master guide it will talk about this about you know you don't need to have an ordered cosmology you don't need to have all all of the details yeah what you need to do is just kind of have very basics um and and kind of nail that down and really in many regards the multiverse should be a mystery for many player characters yeah to an extent yeah i mean like 
The way I sort of think about it is that uh, 99% of inhabitants never interact with or even really know about the multiverse in a real tangible way. Um, There's like the people who like, you know, they pray to gods, they kind of interact in in the way that we sort of interact with all powerful characters in our, you know, real life. Um, And it it doesn't have to go beyond that. Um, What I... I really enjoy the way I kind of frame stuff is when um, looking at other game settings and uh, role-playing systems, a lot of them, one in particular I really enjoy is called, um, well, it's powered by the apocalypse, I guess. (laughs) It's just in general. And one thing that they like to do is essentially say at the very beginning, talk with your, with your characters and say like, what is the rating of this game? like PG 13 or whatever. And the way that I kind of like thinking about that too, is that, how you interact with things are going to happen probably later in the game anyway. So you don't even really have to think about that. The main thing that you have to think about is how people are going to start. And then as you grow, you can be like, man, we are growing at an exponential rate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, and that's not to say that, that you need to limit yourself and sit and go, okay, we're going to start with, a small village and a tavern. Yeah. And then we're going to build out to kind of a horizon, then the big city, then it turns out to be an empire, then a world, then, then the multiverse. No, you can, you can go the reverse. You yeah. can go, Hey, we're going to play a campaign. This group is going to start off on one of the other planes of mm-hmm. existence. And this is going to be the, the, the central theme. It's going to be a plane hopping game. And that's, you know, something I've, I would like to do, but I want to do it from level 20, but, you don't have to start at level 20 either. You can start at the low level. The point is always going to be starting with chewable bites. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the game should never, uh, it should never require for the DM or the players to come with mountains of lore stuffed into their heads. (laughs) Uh, A full notepad, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I actually kind of think that um, a, a good way that to kind of think about it would actually to take a, a note from Lovecraftian mm-hmm. sort of stuff where it's like, this is incomprehensible. Like yeah. you're not actually able to kind of stuff all of this and understand it into yeah. your head, right? Absolutely. And so you have to just take little bits of it that you can kind of get snapshots of yeah. and then that's what you're interacting with. Um, and I think that that is a really good way because I remember I ran a game for you and some other folks where you started in a, a small town. There was a, a creature that was causing issues and it was actually a multi-dimensional being that kind of spanned realities. Yeah. And the way that you guys interacted with it was just sort of like, uh, we need to, you know, uh, stay with the stakes of our small town. This is what we care about. Uh, but you guys eventually did kind of go in between realities to, in order to save your small town. So it's like, yeah. it, you know, you keep the you keep the fence up a little bit so that you can keep the stakes high. And um, I think that ultimately things all automatically get raised when you're like, Hey, all the realities are in danger. Oh, for sure. I mean, that, that, that is a, that is a chip that you can play and it, it immediately does raise those stakes. Um, you know, and, and it kind of has to, um, and a big, a big part of that game, which was uh, a monster of the week mm-hmm. and uh, Lakewood was the name of the game. Uh, was because I had a character, and you were very kind to let me bring that character (laughs) in, who, it was a Horizon Walker uh, from 5e, and uh, I was was told that I was going to be playing a level 1 through 20 campaign, (laughs) 
uh, was not told that it was going to be Curse of Strahd, which did not does not go to level 20, and we did not end at level 20. We ended when we killed Strahd. Right. Uh, and yeah, I, as it kind of had yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could do other things, but uh, the, the the new Van Richten's book had not, I don't think even had been announced at that point. Right. Um, and uh, I said, gosh, I kind of thought I was going to get to play this character more. That's a shame. Uh, but we were getting ready to start your game up, and you said, well, I mean, his point, the point of that character is, is world hopping, so why, why don't you bring him over to this world? And right. I thought, oh, thank you so much. I would love to. <laughs> uh, so you, you've facilitated that. Um, but, you know, if you don't have those things that uh, characters, players can mm-hmm. seize on, and you have the vastness of infinite realities, yeah. let's say, you could be very nihilistic as a player. Okay, right, well... Yeah. Like, this doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, this does not matter. Oh, I'm sorry. Little Timmy got eaten by a uh, werewolf. There's a thousand other Yeah, there's of a them. billion other <laughs> Timmies out there. Go find one. That's, that's dark. Um, and that might be interesting, but generally speaking, uh, as a player, and I'd say as, as a game master it's not going to be fun in the long run. Yeah, unless you're playing sort of like, not a villainous campaign, but you're playing a nihilistic campaign where it's like sort of Machiavellian and like, we have to save the multiverse and there are going to be sacrifices. Right. Then you really do have to kind of pick like a segment, like you said, Um, because in my personal opinion, you can only threaten the multiverse once, oh, credibly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the game sort of has to end after that. It you does. can't just be like, okay, the yeah. next, it's happening again, everybody. Yep. Like, rally the troops. The, yep. the big monster's coming to eat worlds. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Again, really. Right. Um, yeah, and, and that's, you know, I, I said at the top of this that the multiverse is kind of the big thing in a lot of cultural media right now. Like, you know, well, it's 2022 now, so... 2021, 2020, I forget yeah. when Loki came out. Yeah, Doctor um, Strange. Doctor Strange is getting Spider-Man. ready to come out. Spider-Man, yeah. just spoilers, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Bet you didn't expect the cartoon Spider-Man to be in there. Um, no, but, you know, you have all that, and I do, that stuff is stuff that I just love mm-hmm. personally, but I do worry that yeah. people will get immediate like, fatigue about that. Yeah. And it's a very real possibility. Yeah, I like yeah because it is the vastness of it does make it really hard. And yeah. like I'm, I'm somebody I'm really excited sometime to do a episode on endings because I am a huge fan of them. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, and I, I just think that um, the multiverse can also be a way for people to not have an ending, right? Which is yeah. which is gratifying, yeah, uh, because you can continue doing stuff, but. I think that each time you enter a multiverse campaign or whatever, you should have a basic idea of an arc. Yeah. And then you should just say like at the end, like that arc's done. We're not going to, it's, we're not digging up the the past somehow. Um, And then kind of continue from there. So like that basically the multiverse does not provide you with rails. And right. so you kind of have to put them on yourself. <laughs> yeah, you, you do. You do. Absolutely. I, uh, I I think that the difficulty really is not just on the GM there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also on the players because if, and this is honestly, this could be scaled down to any D&D game, uh, which is why I would also again say that at the heart of all D&D is a multiverse. Right. But, uh, 
you know, you could say the same thing about real life. You could say the same thing about uh, a game that really is focused only on a single continent. You, at a certain point, do have to put up those rails and say, okay, these are the things that I as a character or really care about. Um, these are the things that I as a player care about. And these are the things that I as a GM care about and, and we as a table uh, care about. Because if you don't have them, what are you playing for? Yeah. And I think that in specifically in D&D, there are certain classes that favor having a multiverse. Yeah. And then some where you're just like, okay, we don't have to talk about it at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 5e, you know, we'll focus really on 5e, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the Horizon Walker yeah. is the big one. But there's also now the, uh, which is a ranger subclass, but there's also the uh, Oath of the Watchers mm -hmm. for Paladins now. Yeah. Uh, beyond that... I would argue also maybe warlock just as yeah. a as a idea of like hey this extra entity yeah. is giving you a little bit of oomph you and, know? And, and honestly the clerics too yeah uh, and and wizards really depending on what your cosmology is like yeah um, but those three don't necessarily concern themselves with you know they're drawing power from some external external force mm -hmm. uh, but they're not necessarily concerning themselves with oh well I. I'm I need to get worried. out there. <laughs> yeah, I need to get out there, or I'm worried about what's coming from there to here. Yeah. Whereas those two other subclasses uh, do. And, and, you know, we've got a 5e book coming out called uh, uh, Monsters of the Multiverse. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a bit of a controversial book, I'm sure, because <laughs> it's making some changes to uh, lineages, races, yeah. races, whatever you want to, uh, whatever the nomenclature is now for them. Uh, which some people will like, some people will hate, but I am very excited about. But the one thing that's notably absent, because there were some leaks very recently, uh, are GIF and a few other uh, things that were in uh, some UA testing recently, mm -hmm. which gives my little heart hope for things like Spelljammer to maybe yeah, make a return, right. which would be fantastic. I mean, Spelljammer, uh, uh, Planescape, all of those mm. that are sort of like settings that are steeped in the multiverse yeah. are so fun <laughs> they're so cool <laughs> and yeah uh and and i think you know again those give you those settings uh when they were still prevalent gave you guardrails to a certain point but like any D D book that's ever been produced it gave you the guardrails but it gave you so much content that you still needed to pare things down yeah you, you're always going to need so if you were, if, if a, a new or, um, you know, beginner DM, somebody who's trying to really jump into it and they're super into that kind of idea of this multiverse thing is super cool to me. I want to put it in my game. Um, what would you, how would you go about that kind of giving some words of advice or just like, how would you start to build a campaign that is steeped in the multiverse? Yeah. Um, so uh, first... My advice for every single DM that will ever exist is, first things first, always talk to your players. You can do all the world building you want, but if you're not first talking with your players and kind of getting a sense on, are they also interested in this? Right, yeah. It's going to possibly be a waste of your time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if they just want to, like, you know, go fight goblins, then it's yeah, not really... I mean, <laughs> yeah, that might not work out so great for yeah. them, but... You're like, the moon is crashing, and they're like, yeah, but oh, the, the hobgoblins over there, they're yeah. near our village. <laughs> right, exactly. That's much more scary. Yeah. I'm not going to look up. 
Um, so, you know, do that. But beyond that, uh, my second bit of advice for every DM, but, but specifically for this, is really familiarize yourself with the, uh, you know, again, assuming you're playing 5e in this case, uh, with the Dungeon Master Guide, there's a whole, I think it's chapter two, a uh, mm-hmm. whole chapter about building a multiverse. Yeah. Read it thoroughly, uh, familiarize yourself with the concepts there, and then pick and choose what you really care about yeah. in that. Uh, you don't have to do everything. <laughs> it does not have to happen that way. There's a lot in that book. Uh, I mean, a lot of ideas um, in that chapter. And this is, there's also some good content. Uh, I think it's Appendix A of the Player Handbook. Yeah. Uh, those are two things you should read. Beyond that, uh, you also just need to think about what is it specifically about multiverse that stories that, that, that really draws you in. Is it the idea of hopping from place to place, of getting to see new worlds? Well, it sounds like you really want an exploration campaign. Right, yeah. So think about how do I do exploration in D&D, which is one of the tiers that suffers a bit by me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, honestly... Um... I, as a dungeon master, have never found a good way for to have a, a group travel yeah. and make it interesting because it's just like, okay, you spend eight days out on the road, or in this case, like you're you're sailing a spaceship through the multiverse or whatever, yeah. and then you're just like, okay, it's a vast void where you're, you're going yeah. between realities. It can be pretty hard to make that interesting. So it can. And and it's a real shame because that is a tier of play that I think I I personally really want to be invested in. Yeah. But I know as a player and as the um, it's not something that feels rewarding always, right? Um, which is a shame. Uh, but you know there 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 are ways around that. Uh, there's a lot of great resources out there. If you know, first and foremost, always again, you've got your your actual published books. But there are a lot of third party books out there. There's uh, a lot of just good wisdom online. <laughs> Uh, but beyond, so, you know, maybe, maybe it's not just going back to that question. Uh, maybe it's not traveling from place to place that specifically interests you. Maybe it's the, uh, incoming of others from those places to your central location. And that I would argue is probably in some ways a little easier, uh, from a story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You have a lot more control over that. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and that's, uh, that's maybe a great way to go about it. Uh, because that doesn't rule out the possibility of travel, yeah. uh, but it does give you that central hub. And I would argue also having that central hub, whether it's going to be, you know, maybe you're doing a Spelljammer campaign, so it's your trip that is yeah. that central hub. Maybe you are doing Planescape, so it's Sigil that is that central hub. Uh, something like that is important because uh, the players and their characters need something to, again, tie themselves to, and defend or grow yeah i think that that's so important uh, that last idea i was about i was kind of burbling in my mind as you were talking where um going back to the vastness of things and the kind of nihilism that can come out of that yeah. from players like just think about how many campaigns devolve into like murder uh <laughs> yeah. like just running around grabbing you know treasure and destroying whatever they come across just chaos incarnate when there isn't even a multiverse so yeah. like the the idea that you unless you're really embracing that and making sort of like a I mean a spelljammer piracy campaign could be super cool. Absolutely. Um, but I think that if you're trying to do one where just like the stakes are high, people really care, you have to pick something that is on a human scope, like a yeah. mortal scope that people can 
understand relate to their life and just like feel like you said feel attached to whether that's an it could like even if you're exploring or whatever it could be an npc it could be whatever they you just have to give them something to care about and um my personal belief is all of that the players will show you in their backstory (laughs) yeah yeah they will and and it's not something that needs to grow immediately and that's this is true for every single DD game um you know you talked about briefly about uh people who over prepare mm-hmm. uh you don't need to do that yeah uh, i'd like to class myself as that but frankly i over prepare a few things and then there are a lot of other things that i just i know that i can improvise that yeah. and i have the bones and that's all i really need you don't need to even if your game is going to be all about multiverses you don't need to have a whole uh everything planned you you should let the players have some of that impact so give them the the starting point of okay well it sounds like you too are interested in traveling about yeah. so here is the vessel from which you'll travel or here's that central hub that we were talking about um and then let them grow the path themselves and you're just there to kind of lay the bricks as they are traveling forward yeah my uh the type of dm i am which is I, I don't think we ever went... I think we start by saying, like, there are two types of DMs. Yeah. I, I think that I'm the other type where I, I, I just have such a bad time focusing <laughs> long <laughs> enough to really make a fleshed-out thing, where as far as I usually get is, like, I understand how things work yeah. generally. And then um, I I really like to, when I deal with multiverses, leaning into that unknowing where uh, I know how my basic concept for how things work, but then almost 100% of the time a player will say oh, is this what is happening? And you're like, absolutely, that is exactly and, it. <laughs> and, that's, and that's a universal truth for DMs or GMs or you know whatever. Uh, you need to really just feel comfortable with that, in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because if, it, if a player says something and you're like, actually, that is what's happening, and, like, yeah. and then you start building off it, not only uh, do you feel like you've dodged a bullet, but the player feels like a genius. Oh, absolutely. Like, I've just unlocked and understood something of, like, you know, again, incomprehensible in, in like, something that nobody understands in the in the universe, and my character and me just figured it out. So, yeah. like, that is a great feeling for them, and it can make them have a lot more ownership over the campaign as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, uh, you know, and I, I, I because I am cautious, I should say, <laughs> if you're not really comfortable with improv, that's fine, yeah. too. I'm not trying to say that you have to do it this way, but it does help because it gives, like you said, it gives that player and their character kind of this sense of, like, ownership now. Um, but, you know, you can you can kind of find that middle ground of, okay, well, I don't want to improv too much and I don't want to prepare too much. Um, that's kind of the sweet spot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I just started uh, a campaign last night, uh, and I think it just reminded me again how much things are going to go off the rails yeah. immediately, and yeah. also that that is totally okay, mm-hmm. and that in, you it, it can feel sometimes that if you improv a story and in, in the moment it feels like less legitimate or something, um, I, I think that that is not true because again, almost 100% of the time, the players will not know what, what was quote-unquote real and what right. was improvised. Um, as long as you, you know, you have what the story you want to tell overall, then you can, from how you get to A to B, it doesn't matter so much. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, I two, two thoughts on that. One, 
if you want to look at the stories that are out there, um, ultimately, like any author is, you know, they may have an idea, but they're just kind of improving in the moments when they're writing something, right? right? I mean, they've got a grand idea, but as they're writing, as it's flowing out, gosh, maybe this new idea has come up. And then any any media that you've consumed, whether it's uh, uh, an actual play podcast or uh, TV show like Loki, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about a moment ago. There are so many moments that were improved on those. Yeah. I mean, some of the best stuff is just something that the actor uh, decided to do in the moment, and everyone went, "Oh, that was great. We're keeping that." Yeah. Um, as long as everyone says yes, it can be something super yes. special. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and then the other thing is that kind of chaos of players doing things that you're not expecting. I think plays very well into multiverse settings Mm -hmm. because there's just so much unknown. I mean, the multiverse uh, planes, let's just say planes, uh, that kind of stuff is kind of a marriage of law and chaos. And you have so much flexibility to play with that. Um, So if if you had one thing in mind of, again, maybe the moon is crashing (laughs) and your players go... Oh, but what about that uh, underwater shiny thing there? Mm-hmm. Cool, great. Well, suddenly this multiverse campaign is not so concerned with the moon that's crashing into this planet, but what it ends up being a portal into uh, the elemental plane of water. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. So you can kind of flow with that. Yeah. And um, going back to what you said about like the marriage of chaos and order, like you can't have you can't be too strict with the structure because the very fact that there are people who are like snatching open, like, like reality itself and moving between places is not super conducive for an ordered world or system of multiverse. In fact, I usually built that right in of like the system is broken. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and absolutely. I, uh, and again, I, I keep harping about the, the dungeon master guide for five E. Um, but that's very clearly when it's talking about the various cosmologies you can go with, it says that, you know, these are theories of characters in the world that you're building. No mortal character can zoom out and go, oh yes, the planes are aligned in these great <laughs> wheels or yeah. it's along an axis or there's the world tree or any of that. No, not even Mordecanon, uh can really say that he has done that. Yeah, right. Um, don't at me if I'm wrong about that. The <laughs> and stuff is, is ludicrous. Also, good luck finding me to at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're completely anonymous. This is great. I am, <laughs> the perfect place to be. <laughs> yeah, I am about as anonymous as it gets. <laughs> but the, uh, another thing that I wanted to ask you, and maybe this is a, a good note to, to end on as well, is so we've talked about how a DM can sort of build out these worlds, whether it's within a module and what they want to focus on or in a homebrew. We've talked about... Uh, like the first steps that they could take when they're starting to write their own stuff. Uh, another thing that I think is actually sometimes harder because you are you have less control over what the ultimate outcome is going to be. But as a player who wants to kind of infuse their character with like aspects of the multiverse, um, how would you? What what kind of advice would you go about giving people who are like that as well? So it's 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 kind of the same. Um, instead, <laughs> as as opposed to talking with your players, in this case, talk with your game master. Uh, because when you, when you want to play a character that has all these planar experiences and things like that, 
you kind of have to have a reason that that character is level one if yeah. this campaign starts at level one. And, um, and, and again, that's, that I think is like the huge trap that new players fall yeah. into where they're like, I, I, I'm known as the Dragon Slayer. And it's like, you're a level one like yeah. farmer that has just yeah. picked up a sword. <laughs> you, need to, you need to have a reason for that. And, and you know, I, we, that character that I play, uh, Yelen Hindar, uh, his whole thing is that anytime he falls into a new place, it's meant to be... Well, maybe the rules of magic are different, so mm -hmm. he's just got to refamiliarize himself. Or um, when I again started that campaign that ended up being Barovia, that I did not <laughs> know it was going to be that. Uh, thank you, Daniel. Uh, it was a very fun time. I thank you for real, but still surprised me. Um, I had the argument that uh, he was seeking a portal and some someone who gave him a prophecy that was like, "Oh yeah, you'll find it." But you first have to grow old and weak <laughs> and untrained. Like, right. you just have to kind of turn into nothing. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. You know, I, I, I let the character... I was like, okay, cool. So the character finds this and he lets 50 years pass or some bull crap like yeah. that. And just lets his sword grow old and rusty. And He's got noodle arms. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, he's just not what he was. Um, and, you know, you need to have, you need to have the ability to kind of figure that out. Because it's not impossible to play a character that has uh, an epic background, but you do need to be careful about it. You need to be thoughtful with your DM, and you need to also always remember as a player that while each of us as players get a chance to shine, mm -hmm. you are not the main character. Yeah. This is a shared story. It's always an ensemble, yeah. Yeah, it's an ensemble. Don't, don't come in it thinking that you're going to be player number one and everyone else is... Uh, there to carry your burdens yeah but i would also say kind of on the flip side of that as a player or as a dm i should say mm -hmm. i think it is super important that you honor what they bring in as well yeah because it's like they're not they're not the main character but this story is their story as well yes. you know what i mean Absolutely. so and like so like that is definitely a a, a, a kind of push and pull between those two forces uh, everyone's kind of telling their own story and i think that the best campaigns happen when everyone tells, like, figures out eventually that they're telling the same story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but different parts of it. Yeah, um, you know, you're you're telling the Tyrion Lannister chapter of yeah, Game yeah, of yeah. Thrones, and here I am telling the Jon Snow, yeah. uh, for example. Um, so that's that's always going to be my first advice: is talk with the the other person on the other side of the table. And then the the second thing, uh, if you want a character that has ties to the multiverse. You need to uh, identify the ways uh, that they can have those ties. Is it just a matter of um, maybe they are fate touched mm -hmm. and they've slipped from the Feywild? Yeah. Um, that I mean, there's there's whole ways to do that. And in fact, actually, with that multiverse, uh, Monsters of the Multiverse book that's coming out. They are finally uh, making a change that they've been kind of floating around, Wizards, uh, to have bugbears and other goblinoids, yeah. goblins, hobgoblins, all be fae creatures. Uh, yeah, right. More like, more like the elves. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. Um, you know, there are, there are feats. Uh, you do uh, Shadowfell as well. Mm -hmm. um, maybe there are items, like if you're in a campaign where the DM is going to give you an item, a certain level maybe there's an item that you can 
defines. Um, and then, of course, you need to think about the, the class. Um, yeah. There are some classes that are, as we said, more conducive to being uh, multiversal than, than others. You know, Ranger and Paladin with their uh, Horizon Walker and, and Open Watchers, 100% great ideas. <laughs> uh, but Warlock, again, also a very good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I just off the top of my head, a, a Tiefling uh, Beanblock. Yeah. I'd love to, to see that, and we kind of, uh, we mentioned Daniel's character with, <laughs> with Valen, his, you know, this is, he, he was the one multi- multiversal character for that Waterdeep campaign, right. because he said, I want to play a character that came from the Nine Hells, yeah. in some fashion, and we made that work, we figured yeah, out and, how to. And we, and we figured out how to do it with, like, my character, who's just like, a private eye. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, water deep. Yeah. Not, no, none of that <laughs> shit at all. Just like, you know, trying to make money to live above a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and the, the, the tie between your two characters has been fantastic for me to watch because, <laughs> uh, the first decision was, okay, yeah. So this homeless tiefling, I hire him sometimes for yeah, things. He's like, like muscle around time. Heck yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that centers him. Uh, and again, you know, final final little bit of advice. Find what's centering. If your character is somehow uh, tied to the multiverse in some fashion, what's centering them to this area? Find that center. And that's maybe something you don't do ahead of the uh, first session. But you should try and find something as the sessions go on yeah. to, to anchor. Um, and in, I would also say that even if you're playing in a campaign that is not a multiversal campaign, but you want to have that like flavor, you can basically make anything have that feeling. You know, you can rename your spells. You can, oh, yeah. you know, when you describe stuff, you can say like, hey, I, like I pull my sword out of somewhere that like nobody else sees or whatever. And you can yeah. have these like things that, because one of the things that we've talked about a lot is that when you have a multiverse, you don't actually need to have death in any way. It's just yeah. sort of travel. Yeah, um, it's, and, it's certainly a concept that I like. Uh, yeah, but but I am playing a little fast and loose with some stuff. Yeah, now, right. But. Um, but so like you can have like you know a whole lot of flavor that doesn't actually have any world breaking yep. sort of impacts. And I'll also say. Um, along those lines that like if you want to play a warrior just because you're like fun like i want to have fun i love this class but i want it to be a multiverse that like there's nothing uh against like saying like you got so good at swinging a sword that you slice you when you swing it yeah. you slice reality absolutely in twain and stuff I, like I mean, that that's a very good point because i i am i am saying like yeah choose a subclass that makes but you don't have to right yeah I, I do think that it would Again, if you do decide to go down that road, you have to have a lot more conversations with your DM. It's a yep. little bit more of a like fine line to walk. So I, I totally agree with what you said. Like there are classes that are supposed to be like that. Yeah. But that's that's just to make it easy on yourself. But uh, you know, you're right. At the end of the day, it is a game about using our imagination. Yeah. And that gives us rules on how we're using that. As long as you're staying within the rules that your table has agreed on. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I mean, I would love to see someone uh, play a fighter that by level, you know, by the time they get those four attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They're just essentially cleaving reality. <laughs> that's that's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, magic items, of course, will also help, help you down yeah. the line on that. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Shane. Oh, this is you. Uh, this is the first one-on-one -on -one we've done. We'll probably do a lot more. I Absolutely. know that you have a ton of ideas that I want to pick your brain about. Yep. Um, but if anyone has any questions, you can always uh, you know contact the podcast at the end of the podcast. We'll kind of uh, put down the email and stuff. Um, but do you have any final thoughts? Anything to plug that you want to do? Uh, I mean, I am the most <laughs> unplugged <attached>. person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm one step away from Ron Swanson. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and that's now an old enough reference that it's super, super timely. Yeah, super timely that I made that reference in 2022. Um, no, but uh, be good to one another. Get vaccinated if you're listening to this. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. In early 2022, <laughs> what are you doing? And um, one thing that is demanded by multiverse travel is a vaccine card. Yeah, with a booster. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They don't you, fuck around out there. Yeah. They're just like, why you? You can't bring smallpox to yeah. complain. <laughs> yeah, and, and definitely, if you're going to go out into the multiverse, always just kind of socially distance. You don't know where that other one's been. <laughs> um, that gets Yankee. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it can truly change your life forever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that's good. You know, basic rules: get vac vaccinated, don't be a dick. Uh, yeah. Explore the multiverse. Love one another. <laughs> Thank you very much, Shane. Thank you. <laughs>right that was our conversation about the multiverse i hope you guys enjoyed it if you'd like to send us a question we would love to hear from you we have a twitter account called tabletopped and a gmail account which is tabletoppodcast at gmail.com feel free to send us questions we'd love to answer them on the pod also if you could hit that like and subscribe button it helps us out a lot thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time